Well, good morning once again, and welcome to our Stewardship Sunday as we're talking about how we can best manage the things that God has given us. Do you guys remember the show Oprah? Of course you do. Of course you remember Oprah. Uh, I think the best part about the show of Oprah was when she would tell the audience, all right, everyone look underneath your seats and you will find keys to a brand new car or something like that. And the crowd would get really excited. So we're going to do that today, except I'm not giving away brand new cars. Instead, uh, one of you in this audience will find an envelope, and it's found in the cover of your blue lappy songbook. So go ahead right now and open up the blue lappy songbooks in front of you, and one of you will find a check. We have a winner. <laughs> Raise your hand nice and high so everyone can see you. All right, they got the check right there. What's it say on the front? To you from God. To you from God. All right, how about you open this up for us? I can't believe this. I know, isn't it crazy? It's a check. Wow. Woo! How much is it for? I wish it was <laughs> 10000 a check for $10,080. Man, wouldn't you guys like to get a check for $10,080? Wouldn't that be great? Um, yeah, I think you'd start fantasizing about what you could buy with it. More likely than not, it'd be like, what bill could I pay off with it? Uh, $10,080. It's a nice gift, but it's not like that game-changing, right? Um, but what if I told you that every single Sunday that you came here, you would get a check for $10,080. That would really change things, right? If every single week you came to church, you would be so happy to come to church because you would be getting a check for $10,080. That's hard to believe, right? But what if I told you that God gives you that check every single week? He gives you that check every single week, except he doesn't pay it to you in dollars. Instead, he pays it to you in minutes. Every single week has 10,080 minutes in it, and every single week God gives you that gift. And since he gives us that gift, we want to be able to manage it, right? We want to be able to use that gift to his glory. And it's Stewardship Sunday, and we're talking about managing the things that God has given us. We're talking about using the things that God has given us to his glory. And the way that I was taught it growing up is your time, your talents, and your treasures. God has given us time, talents, and treasures. Uh, we, we talk about treasures a lot, right? We talk about how we got to use our money and budget our money to his glory. Uh, we talk about our talents, about how we don't want to just use our, keep our talents to ourselves. We want to be able to use our talents to serve other people and to serve God by doing that. And today we are going to be talking about focusing on our time. But have you ever met someone before that's just no good at managing their money? Just no good at managing their money. Isn't it kind of heartbreaking to see how they do that? How they uh, take lots of vacations that they can't afford. How they buy things that they can't afford and max out credit cards. It's heartbreaking to see someone do that. But then why is it week in and week out we do the same thing with our time? How we use our time not to God's glory, but we selfishly use it for ourselves. I have a couple of statistics for you. The average person checks their smartphone once every 12 minutes, which leads to about 80 times a day. 
once every 12 minutes. Have you guys, have you got the itch yet? You know, been in church for maybe a half hour, you want to check it, don't you? I bet we do, because the average person checks it once every 12 minutes. Uh, the American adults often spend up to 11 hours a day looking at a screen. Isn't that crazy? I mean, so many of us, we have jobs where we're in front of a screen all day. So if, say, you're at your job for eight hours and you're on a screen for, let's just say, seven out of those hours, and then you come home and you got to check your farm bill or whatever you guys are doing nowadays, and then you uh, play Facebook or whatever it is, and then you uh, watch TV or play a video game, um, adds up to an average of 11 hours a day. Isn't that crazy? 11 hours of screen time? One hour and 37 minutes. That's the amount of time families spend together on average every single day. We spend 11 hours of time playing on our phones, looking at screens, and maybe we've got an hour and a half to hang out with our families after that. And finally, less than 20% of churchgoers read the Bible every single day. So you're all at church. That's great. But if the statistics are true, one out of five of you actually reads the Bible and does a devotion every single day. So when we start talking about priorities, I have a feeling if I had to ask you what your top priorities are, many of us in this room would say, God. You're in church. I'm the pastor. Of course, you're going to tell me God is your number one priority in your life. And then what comes next? Don't you think family would be the next thing that we often say? We say we can't love so much about our family. We would do anything for our families. So this is the question I have for you then. Why don't our schedules reflect our priorities? We like to say that God is the number one thing in our life and maybe family is number two. Then why don't our schedules reflect that? Why is it that if I looked at your schedule, would I be able to find out that you uh, are, have God as your number one priority just by how much time you spend in his word? Would I be able to figure that out if I looked at your schedule? Would I be able to look at your schedule and find out that you love your family so much by how much time you spend with them? Or do you struggle to find time to spend with them? If we say that God and family are our top two priorities in our life, why is it so often that they only get the scraps of our time? But what if I told you it didn't have to be that way? What if I told you that you didn't need to live such a busy life and only give scraps of your time to God and family? What if I told you that there was a different way? Today we are going to look in the book of Ephesians and find out what the Apostle Paul has to say about how we can manage our time to God's glory. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So the Apostle Paul tells us to be careful how we use our time. Make sure you know how you're, well, how you're using your time, how you're spending your time, and to use that to God's glory. But what I find is interesting is the reason why he tells us to do that. And it's this last line here. Because the days are evil. We're told that we should manage our time because the days are evil. Do I need to convince you that we live in a world and in a time that's evil? I don't think so, right? You know, just uh, we had another mass shooting last week. Probably had one a week before that. There are so many cancer diagnoses out there, stories of rape and sexual assault. We live in a time that's very evil, with people in a world that are very evil. And what that means is that time is running out. Since there's so much evil in the world, Jesus told us that the world would be more and more evil, and then he would come back. 
And when we look at this evil in this world, we know that Jesus will come back. So we need to make sure we manage our time. We need to make sure that we keep our faith strong by growing closer to God and his word. We need to make sure that we share our faith with other people that don't know so that they do know before Jesus comes back. We need to manage our time because the days are evil, which means Jesus is coming soon. Do you guys remember this show? (laughs) Days of our lives. I'm not going to admit that I enjoyed this show. I don't think I can say that. But I will admit that I've seen more episodes than I'm proud of. Um, often I would go over to my grandma's house, she would be folding laundry, I'd sit on the couch, and we'd watch Days of Our Lives together. <laughs> Lots of fun memories there. Uh, and as cheesy as the show was, uh, I think you all remember the introduction, don't you? Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. And as cheesy as an introduction as that is, it's true. Time is slowly ticking away, and we're never getting any more sand in the hourglass. If you want to picture each person's time on this earth here as an hourglass, um, some people's time is really ticking away. Each person's time is ticking away, and we're never gaining any more time. We're always losing it, which means that one day we will die. And if you think about the world, the time that the world's been around, uh, the time on this world is ticking down as well. And Jesus could come back at any time. Eventually the time will run out, and Jesus will come back. So we need to be ready. We need to be ready because time is running out. We need to know what's in our hearts. We need to know that Jesus is our true Savior because time is running out. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Apostle Paul tells us not to be foolish how we spend our time, but instead to take the time to understand what the Lord's will is. And we all have a Bible, I'm assuming. Either it's a, uh, a book one, it's a really big book, or it's an, it's an app that you read. There is so much information in the Bible. And I don't care if you've been studying the Bible for 60 years or you've never studied the Bible in your life. There is always more that we can learn from it. There are always so many more gems that we can learn from God's will. And that takes time. It takes time to understand the Lord's will. It takes time to get to know God through his word. But instead of living our lives foolishly, we should take the time to understand what God has to say about our lives. But if the Apostle Paul lived here today, do you think that he could look at some of our schedules and say that they're foolish? Do you think he could say that it's foolish to check your phone 80 times a day? Do you think he'd tell us that it's foolish to spend 11 hours a day looking at a screen? Think he'd tell us that it's foolish to constantly just brag to everyone else about how busy you are? Do you think he'd tell us it's foolish to make sure you spend more time watching television than you do studying God's word together? Think he'd tell you that it's foolish to work so many hours throughout a week and barely have any time to spend with your family? I think there are a lot of things about the way how we live our life that we could consider foolish. He goes on to tell us, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He tells us, don't waste your time getting wasted. Don't spend your time getting drunk. That's a sin. It's a sin to be able to get drunk. And often, drunkenness leads to debauchery. And debauchery, I think that's one of those words that parents need to start using more to your your teenagers on Friday night. All right. Be safe, have fun, 
don't get into any debauchery. So maybe it's an old-fashioned word. Maybe we don't use it so much anymore. But really what the word debauchery means is just uh, doing everything focused on your own pleasures. Letting your sinful nature take over, whether that's through the form of sex or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, uh, that drunkenness often leads to debauchery. Spending your time focused on your own sinful pleasures. And instead of doing that, we are instead supposed to be filled up with the Spirit. Spend our time being filled up with God and His Word through the Holy Spirit. And what the Apostle Paul then says next is how we do this. How we get ourselves filled up with the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give us three things to do. Three things to do that if you put these things in your schedule, you will never say that you are wasting your time. If you do these three things, you are never going to regret these three things that you do. And here they are. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the three things that the Apostle Paul tells us to do is first to speak to one another and to sing songs and then to give some thanks. So he tells us to speak to one another in psalms and spiritual songs. Isn't that so encouraging when someone builds you up? We should take our time to encourage one another as a church. That's why we gather together. Christianity isn't just a privatized personal thing. We come together as a church, and one big reason why is so that we can encourage one another. Ask one another, how, how are you doing? How are you really doing? And follow up and help each other through the hardships that we're going on in life. We should spend time encouraging one another because it's so powerful. That's not something that you do that you're ever going to feel like you're wasting your time doing it. And then he tells us to sing and make music to the Lord. Any, any song that you played in your song, any Christian song that you're jamming out to on your way to work will be time well spent. And that's another reason why we join as a church, so that we can sing together because there's something so powerful for it. Whether you are someone that's uh, super musically talented or not, um, music is powerful. It has a way of working into our hearts. So we should sing and make music to the Lord because that is time well spent as well. And finally, we should give thanks to God. We should give thanks to God for everything that he's done for us. We should give thanks to God for the way that he sent Jesus and for every gift that he's given us, especially the gift of time that we have. We should give thanks to God. That is time well spent. So then why don't our schedules and our, uh, reflect our priority? Why, why don't our priorities and our schedules, why do they fail to line up? Why don't we spend more time encouraging one another? Why don't we spend more time singing, making music to God? Why do we struggle to find time during our day to read God's word? Well, there's a reason for that. And the reason why is that there is something living inside of you. Something inside of you that wants to use all of your time for your own personal comfort, your own entertainment, your own pleasures. There is something living inside of you that doesn't want to give any time to God, that you only want to use it yourself. That selfishness lives inside of you and it lives inside of me. And that's our sinful nature. It's our sinful nature that doesn't want to use our time to God's glory. Instead, it wants to only be selfish and hoard it for our own. It doesn't want to give anything back to God. That lives inside of us. And God says, since we have that, we deserve punishment. We deserve punishment for every time we've skipped God's word for a week. We deserve punishment for every time we've had misplaced priorities and misplaced schedules that don't reflect good priorities. We deserve punishment for that. So then what can we do? 
What can we do to get out of this punishment? What can we do so that we can have our relationship restored with God? Well, to do that, I want to show you Jesus' calendar. The calendar of Jesus Christ. Okay, this isn't his actual calendar, you got that? But let me, there's a couple different things that we can learn from Jesus um, and his calendar when we read through the Bible. And the first big thing that we have to point out is that our God, who has lived forever, since before time even existed, came to this world and became a man for 33 years. Our God, who created time, came into this world of time and lived as a man for 33 years. And while he lived here, he often dedicated his time to other people. When you read through the Gospels, Jesus never seemed rushed, did he? He always seems to spend time uh, just individuals, meeting them where they're at and helping them, whether it's through the form of talking or sharing or healing them. Jesus always had time for other people. And something else that was impressive about Jesus' schedule is that he would often schedule out whole days, whole nights, just to pray to God, his Father. I think many of us here feel like we have jobs that are super important. Maybe you've had one of those jobs where you're like, I can't take a vacation day, I can't take a day off, because if I leave, who's going to mold these young minds in the classroom? This business will fall apart if I leave. If I leave, people will die at my hospital. Have you ever met someone like that, or maybe you've been there before? Do you think if anyone could have had that attitude, it could have been Jesus? Uh, my job description is savior of the world. I think I better just work, 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 right? But you know what's crazy? Is that Jesus found time to rest. And he found time to pray. And if Jesus needed that power in prayer, what does that say about you and me? We should schedule time to pray because Jesus scheduled time to pray. But what I find is most impressive about Jesus' schedule is how he scheduled time for you. On one Thursday night, Jesus scheduled time to get arrested and to be put on trial, to be whipped, to be beaten. On one Friday, Jesus had circled in red on his calendar before he even came to this world. On one Friday, he had circled in red in his calendar from the time slot of 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. to hang on a cross. Jesus scheduled time for you. Jesus scheduled time for you by hanging on a cross and dying for you and me. And Jesus did that. Jesus scheduled six hours on the cross so you and I would never have to experience a second of hell. Jesus scheduled six hours on a cross so that we could live with him eternally. And knowing that Jesus did that for us, knowing that Jesus scheduled time for you, that's going to affect the way that we use our time for him. So it's Sunday. And each one of us has been given a check for 10,080 minutes this week. So how are we going to use that time? Let's reflect the way how Jesus used his time. Let's use our schedules to help other people. Let's use our schedules to encourage one another. Let's schedule time to make music to God. Let's schedule, let's have a schedule that reflects our priority where we have our devotion with God, our time with God in prayer as the number one thing in our life, not the thing that gets put on the back burners. Let's rearrange our schedules and have it dedicated to his glory because God is the one who scheduled time for you. We do this all in Jesus' name. Amen.